Hello, hi, how are we all doing? I hope you all are doing well. Welcome back. This is Unapologetically Reggie and I am Reggie Osan. I have another lady on today, but this lady is not new. Okay, this lady came on before and she spoke about how her father-in-law treated her bad, her husband treated her bad, and the quote... Her father-in-law said, if you take my grandchildren, I will chop you up. A lot of you actually wanted to hear more from her and you wanted to hear more of her story. So I reached out to her and I asked her, listen, this is the response. You know, are you willing to come back and talk again? And she was willing to do that. She's happy to talk more. And yeah, I look forward to hearing more from her. So... I am about to bring her in. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for reaching out to me, you guys, and telling me your thoughts on my chats as well, on my talks that I do in here. And yeah, let's call her in. Guys, I am here with the lady. And you know what? Excuse, I'm going to say avoid my voice. You can't avoid my voice, okay? You have to listen to it. But excuse the croakiness, okay? For the past two days, my throat has been a bit messed up. But, you know me, I want to come on here and bring you the talks because you guys are enjoying it and I am dedicated to you guys. So, I have the anonymous speaker here. Hi, how are you doing? You were, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like, people want to know more about your life. Um, I received emails saying, get her on again. You know, I want to know more. What else happened? Um, and I feel like you've touched a lot of people, you know, they're even excited about you releasing your book because you mentioned in the previous talk and if you guys haven't listened to her talk, um, it's titled on here, um, father-in-law uh, said, if you take my grandchildren, I will chop you up. So that is her talk. Okay. Um, and people actually want to read your book. How exciting is that? Like, how does it make you feel knowing that, you know, one, you've been able to release like some of your journey and two that people are excited to know more and they they're excited and looking forward towards you know you releasing your book well first of all hello everyone hope you're all well and um, hope you're well too Rudy. um it's it's a good feeling because i've had it a lot i've had it locked up inside for quite a few years now yes i did start the, i did start the book back in august 2018 but then i suffered a mini tia stroke due to all the stress uh so i just stopped it but i'm basically back on it now um i'm not gonna rush it i'm gonna take my time on it because there's gonna be some parts in there which are gonna which i have to go back in time and when i do think about things it's gonna get pretty emotional yeah um so, you know, like I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the response because I never thought no one would, I would get a response like that. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm like, I'm actually glad that you've actually taken this journey of actually reaching out to people or, you know, like talking about their problems because it just goes to show that there is someone out there who can actually listen to all these and like guide them and like give advice yeah and stuff oh no that's the thing like i'm so happy that you actually agreed and said yeah i'd like to come on and talk 
um, because I know a lot of women don't have the courage yet to speak up because you know they're feeling quite low or they're feeling like you know I can't see past this um, which I think you mentioned on your last talk that you know there is a way out um, and you don't have to live your life you know like this um, but it's really nice to know that you agreed to come on and as well as other ladies who are wanting to come on like you guys I appreciate you guys so much all of you because if it wasn't for you guys I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing you know like I'd probably just be posting videos and thinking you know is anyone hearing me but I am being heard but I just want to ask you so you said you had a mini stroke are you okay now how are you feeling and is that due to like you said it was stress um, like how are you feeling Basically, now? Uh, what it was um, over the years, because obviously I went through eight years domestic violence, mental torture, not physically but mentally. What that does, it it mentally scars you from inside. And with me not seeing the kids, you know, like I was being stalked. Um, my ex would turn up. He basically would turn up outside my workplace. Um, he'd take pictures of me. Um, with my daughter being there, you know, um, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I smoke. Why do I smoke? I don't smoke to show off. I smoke because it releases the stress and the tension of my head. So my ex started doing that. And I then had to change my route how to go home because oh I was God. being followed. Oh, my God. So he, why, 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 why would he take photos of you? Like, what, would he then show you them or something? Or was he like... No, what, basically what just to show my kids that what this is what your mum does, she smokes. At the end of the day, it's, it's smoking, it's not as if I was like, sorry, it's not as if I was doing drugs. It's not as if I was drinking heavily or anything like that. If I wanted to, I could have gone down that route. But no, I put, I put, I put my mind together focused. I start working hard. So, to me... Smoking was like um, a getaway from my stress. It's like uh, releasing the stress off my head. Yeah. Going back to the mini TIA stroke, what happened was, I think it could, it, because I'm a type of person that bottles things up. I don't like to blurt out straight away. It's when something hits the fan, that's when I erupt like a volcano. I feel like also, and, like, sorry I'm interrupting there, but I feel like a lot of us are like that. Like, I used to be like that. I used to be the one where if anything happened, I would literally bottle it up, keep it inside, 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 and then i just explode. And everyone around me would be like, hey, what? Like, I thought you were fine. You know, you were smiling a minute ago, and now you're pissed off. Like, what the hell? But what people don't understand is, is that little things can get to people, and some people just aren't uh, confident enough or comfortable to speak up so if you are listening um one thing i would definitely say is um get into meditation and do grounding meditation as well as throat chakra meditation um those two will definitely help you to be more um grounded with earth and know like okay this is what i want and what i don't want but also the throat chakra meditation will help you to be become more vocal you'll be able to speak up um and yeah it'll definitely help you but i know a lot of us are like that you know like i'm not like that now i'm not bottling anything in because you had a stroke and i'm, I'm gonna let you speak right but 
I feel like a lot of the time when we suppress our emotions and we keep it inside, what happens is we end up having health problems. It can be weight gain, it can be acne, it can be anxiety, panic attack, arthritis, gout, um, and in your case, a mini stroke. I was only, uh, I was only 38 then. Yeah. And um, it triggered off, I think, yeah, because I was I was back in my hometown then before I moved down south. Um, I was I was massaging mum's uh, palms of her hand, and I couldn't. Within thirty seconds, I stopped, and mum goes, "What's wrong?" I says, "Mum, I don't know." I said, "In my right hand, I said there's a lot of pain. It's just like thingy." So I thought, okay, I'll stop it. I didn't, you know, for, for the whole day, I just fell asleep. I didn't think nothing of it. Sunday happened. I didn't wake up until 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I thought, okay, something's not right. Gone to work. And Reggie, I was basically on the phone and I was writing. My, my hand just, my hand just basically gave way and just turned around. I thought, okay, something's going wrong here. So I said to my boss, I said, look, I said, I'm going to the hospital. And then he goes, what's wrong? I says, I don't know, but I said, my arm's going all funny. I got to the A&E hospital and um, I told him my, what symptoms they were. No word of a lie, I had doctors from the stroke department come down straight away. And at this point, from my neck, right, right side neck, down to my fingertips, I could not feel nothing. Oh my god. So what what were you feeling and thinking at that time? I mean I know it's stupid for me to ask, but I wanna know like that's it, Mega. Mega I'm paralyzed on one side. That is what my thought was going on because thank God and I'm grateful for this, my leg didn't get affected and neither did my face. Oh my god. Because if it would have happened I would have been bedridden. And I'm thinking I'm I count my lucky stars at that point, yeah. Um, the, that it was that. So I went through, I had an MRI scan, I had a CT scan, ECG scan, everything. And then um, I was referred to a neuro, neuropsycho- a neuropsychologist. And I've got a rare condition and nobody, nobody will have this, they might not have heard of it, but um, I was diagnosed with FND. So FND stands for Functional Neurological Disorder. So what happens is there's times when my brain shuts down. Oh my god. My brain shuts down and there's things I can't remember. So it's like a lot of short term memory loss I've got. So have they and said I, to you what you can do to help that or is it I yeah. Then I started going counselling with a, a, a neuropsycho a neuropsychologist, a therapist. Yeah. And I basically, whatever what I've been through from when I was young, going up to exactly what happened to my divorce and everything, I kind of took it all out. I took it all out and I actually felt really, I felt like a big massive burden came off my, off my heart. Why? Because to be honest with you, how I went about my marriage, it was a love marriage. It wasn't arranged. So I left home and got married. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna be ashamed to say it. I left home and got married. Yep. I was the. I was my dad's. I, I love my dad's eye. I know I broke his heart. 
And to this day, I will never, ever forget that day when I'd left home and got married. But touch wood, with God's grace and everything, my dad's now talking to me. And we have that relationship again, which I'm so happy with. <clears throat> but um, I started to go therapy talking, it kind of helped. So, I'm, then... so I'm just going to interrupt you there. So I feel like uh, you guys might be hating me because I'm always I'm interrupting, I'm interrupting. But um, I know you can just talk and talk and talk. But um, one thing that she's touched on is counselling. Um, and I feel like a lot of people, especially like the South Asian community, you know, they've got this like stigma against counseling and therapy. It's like, no, I don't need it. You know, I haven't got problems. I'm not sick or I'm not the, you know, it's not that you're sick. Okay. It's not that you've got a problem. It's not that, you know, um, uh, you're, you're less than someone else because you go into counseling counseling literally me and i went counseling too guys right i had a lot of things on my mind i've seen things in my life where you know i was allowing it to affect my marriage you know um because i was so paranoid about okay it happened to such and such what if it happens to me and my mind just took over um and counseling isn't a bad thing counseling is literally you sit in there and you're talking to the person and telling them how you feel okay if you go therapy you know, life coaching, okay, you're gonna look into the future and create goals to achieve what you want to achieve. You know, that's all it is. You know, there's relationship co um, coaches as well. If you're married, you feel like, okay, it's kind of rocky, but I don't wanna leave him or leave her. I wanna work on it. Go to a relationship coach. You'll figure out, okay, what is annoying each other, okay? And then that's it. You work towards a healthier marriage. There isn't anything negative about it. There's, everyone, I feel like, needs to get rid of that. And I feel like it's the older generation as well that feels, that says, hi, or, you know, okay, guys, I'm not going to try and speak Punjabi. Okay, my Punjabi is shit, okay? But <laughs> I, I, it, the funny thing is when I do my talks on Instagram, um, I've had a few people say to me, you should, you should say it in Hindi or Punjabi, you know? And then the older generation will understand. I'm like... Mate, listen, if I speak in Hindi or Punjabi, they'll get the wrong message. They'll probably think I'm saying something else. But my point of this is, it's, it's normal to go counselling. But yeah, sorry, I'll let you carry on. So you went and you felt better then. Yeah, I am going to say one thing, though. Um, I suffered depression for 15 years. Now, I didn't get no counselling, no help or nothing. I battled it through, I battled it on my own. I took medication at first and I thought, no, because I started feeling... I started feeling a bit odd because with the side effects thingy. So I stopped the medication. I left it. I battled it on my own. How the hell I did that, Reggie, I do not know. I started doing different things, things that I started like doing. Yeah. yeah. And that basically diverted my mind to that thing. And so do you feel like I, when you had depression and you got out of it yourself, was it like you started doing things that made you happier? Or you yeah. started... Yeah, because my mum, right, so um, I feel like I want to openly talk to you guys. I'm not going to share everything about my life, but my mum also went through depression. And she went on depression tablets, and she hated it, okay? It was like it was numbing her. Um, and she also got out of depression without any help. One day she thought, right, I'm taking control of my life. Um, and that was it. Like, she didn't look back and she was happier. But it, I think, like, it takes courage, doesn't it? Like, it must have taken you a lot of strength to stop the medication, innit? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. That medication made me feel suicidal. 
it absolutely made me feel suicidal and i had both my kids at that time and i'm thinking what the hell what the hell what are you doing i thought you know what no i can't do it so you know what i started diverting my focus onto the kids and i'm going to be honest with you message out for you women out there who are going through something similar or anything when you speak to a therapist or a counsel counts of you go counseling don't be under the impression that they're going to go and blurt all your stuff out because it's not, it's confidential. It is. They they have to sign it's a paper as well, yeah. And if the word ever does get out, you can basically sue them. Yeah, it is very... Yeah, it is it's confidential. You have to sign a paper. Um, they cannot blurt anything. They will have links to the doctor, so if they feel like you are suicidal, that's not something that they can deal with. So they would say to you, okay, um, I will report this to the doctors, or they will take a number for somebody of like next of kin, you know, someone who they can t- um, call out to if they feel like, okay, this person is suicidal, I'm going to drop them a message and say, you know, I've had such and such in, and probably tell them they're feeling suicidal, you need to help them. But otherwise, they cannot blurt your stuff. And I feel that's that's so true. You picked up on a point there. A lot of people do think, like, okay, what if it goes out, you know? And that's why, like... Yeah, it doesn't. But that's why I also appreciate every single one of you who messaged me because you've got so much trust in me. You know, I'm not a counsellor here. I'm not a therapist, you know. I'm a therapist in training right now, you know. But um, you got so much trust in me and I would never, never blurt it out because whatever you're going through is, you know, is so personal to you. It's so sensitive. And you know how it is, right? You'll also understand, like, people love to hear gossip, don't they? And that must have been hard talking about gossip. Like, so when you was when your ex-husband was stalking you or taking photos of you or even when you was in the house it came to a point where when i'd leave the house in the morning he would know when i'm going to the bus stop he would know that i'd be having a sick even though i was vigilant alert around my surroundings of who i hope like where i was and where i was walking i was always alert the timings came out and i'm thinking okay he's got someone following me he's got someone like keeping tabs on me so then i got i got a bit i'm gonna excuse my french but i got really really pissed off and i thought you know what i have to change my route so where i used to work there used to be a cafe nero downstairs i used to go through cafe nero yeah and walk all the way down there to the train station then catch my bus from there oh my god and see you had to change everything for him yeah Oh my god! And then when did it come to like a point where you were like, "I've had enough of this," or did it not come to that? Did it just stop? It came to a point where where I was working before, they didn't give a shit about my flipping. Um, they didn't give an absolute damn about my health, even though I had the mini stroke. That I was in work the next day, even though I couldn't move my right arm, and I'm right-handed, Reggie. Yeah. How how would I how would I have been able to write if I couldn't feel anything in my right arm? Oh my and God. then do you know what? I got so fed up, and even though still I still made it top in the company because I, I did that, I did over six hundred deals that in that year. Yeah. And I still, even though with with my right heart, right arm, I felt I felt at one point I was paralysed. It was it was awful for me to actually go back there and think about it. Yeah. And that's when I thought, do you know what? No, 
enough is enough. I can't do this no more. I need to get away. If I don't move now, I will literally harm myself. So, or I'll just... Yeah, I mean, but then with your ex-husband and him stalking you, did that just not stop then? Did you just move and then that's it? It stopped because you moved. Like, did you not ask him? Did you not confront him or say to him, like, what is it that you you're doing? You know what, I called and I messaged, but he didn't respond. So I thought, do you know what, if he wants to play games... Let him play games, yeah. If he thinks that if he thinks that he's in high school where he wants to play games, let him be in high school thoughts. So I thought, do you know what? I haven't got time and I haven't got energy to waste because at that right at that moment of time, my health was more important. Yeah. My health was my my motto. <clears throat> my aim was to get my health back on track. Yeah, and that is the main thing, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what his aim was. You know, out of that, you know, to 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 stalk you, to make your child think or children think that, you know, mummy's doing this and look at her. Because, look, at the end of the day, right, I feel like a lot of people are so quick to judge someone else, but they don't look at their own actions, you know? Um, But I want to go back. So let's go back to you being in your in-law's house, right? Before you left, before you had the divorce, before all of that. I know you said that you were... um, you were having to do a lot of things, you know. Um, so what made you like... So when you heard that your father-in-law said that, you know, if she takes the kids, I'm going to chop her up. I mean, after that, did you stay? Were you still staying there? Did you did you try and speak to your father-in-law? Because I had a conversation with another woman yesterday, right? And um, uh, Komal, she called Komal. And I had a conversation with her and she said that she actually tried to speak to her in-laws um, and eventually she got there. So did you ever try to speak to your father-in-law or your husband like as a family to try and solve what's going on? Or was it just you was invisible to them like you were never heard? Invisible. If anything would happen, an argument or anything, you know, I, I'll remember, I'm going to give you one example now. And women, I want you to listen to this very, very carefully because I know in this day and age, no woman would have to go through what I went through. Now, I'm going to give an example now. I was seven months pregnant. Yeah, seven months pregnant. I was having my son. I was having my son first born. And what happened was his his dad had gone out to the casino. They used to be gamblers back then. And everyone would go to sleep, but I'd be awake. Why? He'd come in at four o'clock in the morning, totally proper proper drunk, and I would have to make fresh rugby off the cover. Oh, my God. Now, listen. So, I could have gone to bed because I was seven months pregnant. I was tired. My feet were swollen and everything. But no, no one gave two, two shits. I would literally make him fresh rugby off the cover so that none of his daughters could have turned around and said, you know what, you didn't feed my dad when he came home. Now, in this day and age, no woman would take that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so um, 
I'm just thinking now, like, so if, say, my dad came home drunk and my sister-in-law is pregnant, I wouldn't expect her to go and make food for my dad, you know? Like, if there's nobody else in there, I'd expect him to make food himself, you know? Sort out your own food or call up takeaway and get a takeaway. And I know some of you listening might think, what? Like, that's your dad. But listen, if I'm married and I'm not living there, I'm not going home to make food for my dad. No. You know, and I wouldn't expect my sister-in-law to do it, especially if she's pregnant. And even if she wasn't pregnant, I don't expect her to wake up at four o'clock to make food for my my, um, dad. And then, Richie, after I've done that, oh, my God. Did I get sworn at? For making food? Listen, so I got sworn at. And when I mean sworn at, he would say every Punjabi girl in the book there was. He would swear my mom, my dad, everything. And you know me, I'd st- I would stay quiet, I wouldn't say anything. I'd go upstairs and I'd be, cry- and I'd sit in the corner and I'd cry. And this is me being seven months pregnant. Oh my god! And they say you shouldn't get emotional when you're pregnant because no, it can affect the, the baby's hormones no. and stuff. And he goes, "What's wrong?" This is my ex at that time. He goes, what's wrong? And I says, this is what your dad said. He goes, don't worry, everything will be okay. Those words constantly, don't worry, everything will be okay, but nothing was okay. So he never spoke up to his dad then, I'm guessing? Oh, my God. Now, if his mum would have been alive, then maybe things would have been something different. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have have gone through what I did because his mother would have been there. Yeah. So. Oh my God. See, that's really hard because the thing is, when you get married, right? Um, your husband is the person you're gonna turn to. That's his family. I personally believe before you speak up and before you say anything, your husband should be able to speak up for you and say, "Listen, family, stop treating my wife this way. It's not fair." And especially when you're being pregnant. I mean, you know if my in-laws were to disrespect me and my husband didn't speak up whilst I'm pregnant, I'd be like, what the hell? You know, I'd be so upset, um, but not even upset, I'd be so angry. But the other thing is, like, a lot of husbands just say, don't worry about it, or it's nothing, or they didn't mean it, or, you know, and they expect you to just get over it. But no, like, that's not how it works. You're carrying his child. Doesn't that matter? I mean... Don't you matter? You should be able to speak up. But I'm going to go back to, um, you know, my stroke and everything. So obviously I've been diagnosed with FND. So what that does is, you know, like when a soft, you know, when a software goes down. Yeah. You need to upgrade it. Yeah. It's something that is something similar along the lines of my brain. But touch wood, I've actually, because I do a lot of, um, I meditate quite a lot. I go for long walk. They have basically mastered how to control it. Oh, that's really good. So since 2018 up until now, I've only had three seizures of the um, temporary paralysis. Otherwise, is it something that can happen often? Yeah, it can. Oh, my God. There can be a time where I can just basically collapse. Oh, my God. So I don't know when that can be. Hence why, this is why I thought, you know what, I have to move away. I have to get out of here because as much as they say, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this yet, 
when they say when a divorced woman comes back to their parents, she starts feeling like a burden. And I started feeling, even though I love my mum and dad to bits, and I'll always be their baby for them, but deep down thinking, do you know what, I'm being a burden, because you know when the society starts talking, yeah, then they start chatting bullshit, and then do you know what, they start, like you said, gossiping and everything, yeah, but what they do, but this is one thing that I always go, this is one rule I've always gone by, yeah, I don't gossip, yeah, I don't do nothing, I hear things, yeah, but I put in one ear throughout the Why? Because it's none of our business. None of our business to get involved in somebody else's, um, to get involved in somebody else's um, uh, household. But then what people don't understand is they gossip about other people, yet they don't know what's going on in their own house. So they're yeah. covering their, you, you can agree with me on that, can't you? Yeah, I mean, that's how it normally is, isn't it? When people gossip, they're quick to point fingers and I feel like it's a way for them to say, well, that person's problem or that person's issue is nothing compared to ours, so we don't have anything to talk about. You know, look at what that person's done. You know, but I feel like also going back to you saying that you felt like a burden because you're a divorcee, and you'd gone to your parents' house. So a lot of people feel like that and they really shouldn't. That term divorce or divorcee, I feel like it's such a shit label because, right? Now you think about it, somebody could be in a relationship for 10 years with someone. They're not married, they're not engaged. They're in a relationship, right? Now they've moved out, they've got a flat together. Again, they're not married, they're not engaged, right? They might have a child together, right? Or they might not. They've done everything you can think of, going on holidays, getting intimate, you know? All of them things. And now they're broken up and she's moved back or he's moved back to, well, let's forget him, but she's moved back to her parents' house. Is she a divorcee? No, she's not. She's not, right? She's just separated, isn't it? She's broken up with him. Why is yep. that fine? But you've been married, you're a divorcee, that term, that label, and you go back to your parents, and that feels like a burden, or it feels like, oh my God, I've got a divorced daughter in my house. That is bullshit. I'm going to tell you all the story, right? Someone reached out to me, and she'd literally got no family, because she got married, got divorced, her family literally said, when you get married, we are not your family anymore. That's your new family. They literally took that term, like literal. They've taken that term literal. She's got divorced, and you know what they've said? You cannot come and live in our house anymore. You are divorced. You do not belong in our family. What the actual F, people? That is your daughter, that's your blood. How can how can see this this is what kind of like agitates me yeah and you know what a fight i i tell you my blood boils <clears throat> your own flesh and blood which you've given birth to yeah then they turn around and say that to you why because you're divorced yeah that's your own kin your own blood that they're saying it to why yeah, that's what proper agitates but, me but and it's due to society so just like what you said right you felt like a burden. What will society say? Again, I've said this in another podcast, right? And I'll say it again. Sod society, okay? Forget them. 
society will always be around okay society is like your neighbors the uh, shop worker your whoever else you know friends society right they also have issues going on in their house they have issues going on in their life okay you are not going to be in their mind 24 7 you're not going to be in their mind as soon as they wake up and the last thing at night they might talk about you for a minute or two half an hour saying i can't believe it she's got a divorce you know i wonder what happened you know they might say that but you're not going to be on their mind continuously and i feel like a lot of people need to hear this a lot of people are so concerned about what society says you know whatever society says is going to ruin our reputation it's not society does not matter your your reputation gets ruined if you ruin it okay if you go out and do something yourself society cannot do it sod the society that's why i said do you know what i'll be honest with you i used to think about that all the time and then i said to mom i said you know what mom f the society He was a bad drug. 
you know, very, well, they class them as gypsies. Um, and obviously when, when you're in love, you don't see nothing beyond that. So it, I, I think in general, though, like, the whole caste system should be out, you know. But obviously, people still but, speak of it, don't they? People do still think of it, yeah, they do. But now it doesn't, and now it's like when I think back to him thinking at the end of the day, we're all Sikhs of one. Guru Gobind Singh, when he made the Panch Biare, the five beloved ones, yeah, the caste system should have been abolished there and then. But then there's still people out there, especially the old generation, that still go by the caste system. Yeah. And then if you don't think it, then there's there's hiccups, there's obstacles, or oh, we're not going to talk to you if you get my to blah, 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 blah. You know exactly what I mean, don't you? Mm. Anyway, so his sister said, oh, women in our culture, in our society, do not cut their hair. But yeah, I don't know what the hell happened to me because I'm normally that stays quiet. I just basically turned and said, you know what, Benji? Because obviously I've got respect. You know, my elders, even if they're my youngest one, I'll still put G at the end of it. I've got a habit. Why? Because my mum and dad's teachings, my dad taught me that. I said, look, at the end of the day, Benji, I said, my husband, I've got a problem with it. I go, who are you to say? Yeah. Shit, World War Three kicked out then. Oh, my God. World Wars, how dare you speak to me like that? You know, I'm. And then I just stayed quiet and I just. I saw. I, I had my little uh, princess and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to pick up and just get her out of the room. Mm. Why? Because I was. Because I was Ockney. And the other sister in law, she was a Gori. So why yeah. is there a difference for? Yeah. Oh my God. So there were differences between the two of you. So you being Sikh and her being white were two, two different rules, probably. So I'm gonna be honest with you. You know the, you know my novel, the book, the the what I'm gonna be writing. I'm not gonna rush it. If it takes me two years for me to publish it, it'll take me two years. But I'm not gonna leave. I'm not gonna leave a stone unturned in that book. There's gonna be there's gonna be a chapter in there which will basically shake you all up and you're gonna think, What the F Oh my god. I mean um, I look forward to when you do, you know, release the book. You know, it's something I would definitely wanna read. And I know a lot of you have actually reached out to me saying that it's something that you also want to read, you know. So um, you've definitely got a few ladies waiting for you. But yeah, but apart from that, I'm gonna be honest with you. Because I'm because I'm not broken from inside, Richie. It's like I, I like my mum always says, you know, like I like mum, I don't want to get married. I just don't want to get. Married. She goes, why? She goes, you're gonna be on your own. I said, mum. I said I would rather be on my own for the rest of my life than have someone who'll do the same shit to me that's happened to me before. Richie, I can't trust no one. I really can't trust anybody out there. Trust is a big thing. Once that trust is broken, yeah, it'll take a lifetime to build it. And because my heart's been my heart's been stamped on, it's been broken. I've been back. I've been stabbed in the back many a times. Yeah, I don't have that strength no more. I'm happy the way I am. Yep, I don't see my kids. I've got their memories. I've got their pictures of smacked all over my bedroom wall where I am right now. That keeps me going. That's keeping me alive. And maybe one day I will get to see them, but at the end of the day, for right now, I've left it to him up there. 
Yeah, I mean, so a lady did reach out to me and she wanted to know, um, she wanted to know that, um, do you have anybody in the area where you used to live, right, um, that could get in touch with the kids and to ask, you know, how are they doing and then pass that message on to you or pass on a message from you to the kids? Um, I wish there was. I really wish there was. Yeah. But one thing, I don't even know where my daughter is. She's with her Jaja. She lives with her Jaja and Jaji. But I don't know where they live. They're in the same hometown, hometown where I'm from. Yeah. But I don't know where their house is. I have a bit, I'm going to be honest with you. On all social platforms, WhatsApp, so, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, I'm not on. Facebook, I got rid of ages ago. Facebook's an absolute bloody... I'm being honest with you now. Facebook is one of the most absolute vile social media platform there is ever. <laughs> I'm bored if of Facebook. If you've got a business, I understand, yeah, you're promoting your business out there, yeah. But for personal, no. Because it, it Fs up many people's lives. And I've seen people go through it. It's been, what, four years now that you've come on Facebook? You wouldn't believe it. It's just, it'll only feel like yesterday. Wow. I was addicted to it at one point. I could not come off it. But you know what? Now, I'm, I'm peace of mind. I'm not on it. Yeah, it's Facebook is, um, it's not really all about Facebook. I mean, I quite like um, Instagram, to be honest. You know, Facebook, I feel like it's something else, you know. Don't get me wrong. I've got many haters out there. But do you know what? I just smile. I'm thinking, do you know what? God bless you. That's my attitude now. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, if someone says anything bad to me, or if someone swears, like, for example, any of my siblings will swear at me, I'll think to my head, you know what, God bless you. That's all I'll say. Whereas I used to I used to react and fight back. I thought, do you know what, I ain't got the strength no more. Because they say that, you know, as you grow older, you become more wiser and you take, you take steps back. Hey, listen, not everyone becomes more wiser. A lot of people become more like idiots. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. But a lot of people, you know, they don't become wiser. But, you know, a funny thing, though, right, off topic. If I had a pound for every time you said, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'd probably be about, I think, £30 richer right now. But listen, I'm going to end the podcast here, right? We've had a good talk and I'd love for you to be on again. And I think... Um, the ladies who listen in or the listeners, you know, who listen in would love to hear from you again. But if there's any like a uh, positive message that you want to send on to pass on to the listeners, you know, what is it? Do you have anything um, that you'd like to share with them? A little positive message? Yeah. You wasn't put on this earth to be a punch bag for anyone. Stand your ground and speak up. That's all I'm going to say because things will change as soon as you stand your ground. If you don't say anything now, you'll never be able to say anything. But if you put your foot firm on the floor now and you you fight for what you think is right, then do you know what? Everything will be hunky-dory. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. I, I believe in that as well. You know, we want put on earth to just be controlled you know there's so much more to life and that i will talk about in another podcast um talk as well but you know what thank you so much for joining me and um you have a lovely day i will say one thing more 
whoever's not follow well thingy at a later date i will reveal who i am but not just yet mm. yeah i feel like that's such a powerful thing to say as well because a lot of people who do speak anonymously they speak it because they don't want they don't want to be heard by the family or the in-laws or, you know, ex-husband or whoever, you know. Um, and they're still healing. You know, I think that's the main thing. They're still healing. And for you to say that, uh, to me, it's like as if you've healed or nearly healed or are going through that process. And for you to say one day you will reveal, that's probably going to be the day when you are like, look, everybody, this is me. Like... I'm strong, you don't mess with me, like, I know who I am, and I'm healed from that, and I feel like it's, it, you know, it's such a powerful thing, but you know what, I look forward to that day, um, you know, whenever it is, but uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for joining me, and um, yeah, I'll speak to you later then, you know, I'll send right. you a message later. Have a nice day, ladies, wherever right. you are. <laughs> All right, you take care then. Okay. wow guys so that was quite um interesting wasn't it i mean i didn't i did not think that she would talk about her mini stroke that i was fully aware of and when you come in here talking openly or anonymously um what i say to you guys beforehand is if you come on here anonymously i want to know about two situations that has happened with the um well you know your life your in-laws past life whatever you're healing from or healing with right now um how it made you feel and a positive message for the listeners right and i don't say to you right okay talk about this or talk about that or talk about that it's entirely up to you so for her to actually share that i feel like it's such oh my god it takes courage to talk about that right um, it takes courage because, and it takes a strong person to talk about that because that's something so serious that's happened. It's not just, oh, I bruised my elbow, you know? So, oh my God, it is crazy, right? But yeah, if you want to be on here and talk with me, then all you've got to do is email me, okay? Email me. Um, I will have my email address here or you can... Uh, message me on Instagram. Let's arrange a date, a day, a time. And for now, you guys have a lovely week and I shall be back soon. Bye.